morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Oni Pollock, and I've been here all year round, so you know to expect me from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, I usually have something to say at this point of the show. It's pretty early. And I mean, I, I do have what to say. But usually after my show from the week before on Wednesday, I start like when something comes across where... Um, where, you know, something I find interesting, something I'm like, all right, I kind of want to discuss this on the show. So I write it down, and in this past week, for whatever reason it was, there was not much. Um, now, that doesn't mean the opening is over. It's certainly not. I, I still have, you know, things I thought of just before the show that I was like, all right, that was interesting, I could bring it up. So, uh, I guess now's the time to do that. As usual, I, I do like to discuss... The uh, the weather situation yesterday was beautiful. Just give me another, I don't know, 90 straight days of that, and maybe I'll like New York a little bit more. That simple. That, that simple. But um, also, uh, for those of you familiar with Twitter, uh, something a, a little interesting that happened, um, and it's and it's somewhat sports-related. I try to leave out the sports for the most part, but there was a uh, a reporter from... Yahoo, or the vertical that just uh, announced, he's a basketball reporter, his name's Adrian Wojnarski, and basically his situation is as follows. He is the best NBA reporter on Twitter. What that means is that whenever there's news that breaks about the NBA, whenever there's a player signing, a player traded, whatever it is, he's usually the first one to break the news, and and he's gotten so big, so popular. His name is Adrian Wojnarski. It's a tough last name that whenever he tweets something, and it's a you know it's a juicy piece of news. Everyone immediately retweets with Wajbom. That's what they call it. W O J. That's the first three letters of his name. Wajbom. Huge news. So ESPN has has always struggled to keep up with him. It's 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 been a big struggle for ESPN. They've tried to hire him in years past. He's never wanted to come because ESPN was his enemy. He's always tried to out outshine and out out tweet I suppose and out cover the NBA for. Um, He's been working for Yahoo and and actually did some TV work for Fox Sports, the uh, the rival of ESPN. Though ESPN will never really be rivaled because they are the behemoth they are. So, um, in a nutshell, Waj never really wanted to work for ESPN. ESPN recently had many layoffs and some very important people, including Mark Stein, who I think <clears throat> is the second best NBA reporter. So Mark Stein was let go and many other reporters, executives, etc. And then news came out that ESPN finally has hired Adrian Wojnarowski. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because Richard Deutsch, who is the who works for Sports Illustrated, but really the end-all, be-all for anything um, sports media-related. You have awful announcing, but Richard Deutsch for Sports Illustrated really covers it all um, and is a phenomenal follow, both for sports and in general. Um, he really likes to point out all the great reads uh, over the internet and on Twitter. Um, so he finally, uh, you know, the news the news leaked that, that ESPN was hiring Adrian Wojnarowski, but no one ever knew when. We knew the NBA draft was just this past week. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to be working for Yahoo or The Vertical or ESPN at the time. He covered it for The Vertical and Yahoo. They are, I believe, together. So uh, he just tweeted out that, uh, he tweeted out, when was it, I guess, Monday, Per sources, Adrian Wojnarowski will start at ESPN July 1st. Now, July 1st is a huge, huge day in the NBA. It's when free agency officially starts. 
when teams can negotiate with players. Uh, what's the word? I guess legally. There's always somewhat tampering that usually is, for whatever reason, you know, teams aren't punished for it. But there's always tampering between players and teams. But July 1st is the first day where officially everyone can legally negotiate, etc. So it's it's big news that, that Adrian Wojnarowski, the top reporter, in, and I believe all of sports, Adam Schefter is phenomenal, who already works for ESPN, but I think Adrian Wojnarowski is really the best of the best. And he's leaving July 1st. So July, so June 30th, right? It's a 30th month, I believe. June 30th will be Adrian's last week or day not with ESPN. So he'll be tweeting, sources tell the vertical. And July 1st, which is the biggest, one of the biggest days in the NBA, if not the biggest day, he'll be tweeting for ESPN. Now, <laughs> this whole preamble, and I apologize, but... The whole reason I'm, I'm mentioning this is because, so I retweeted that tweet from Richard Deutsch saying Wojnarowski will start on ESPN July 1st, and I and I retweeted it with the, with the following. I said, good for ESPN, who can now write reported by ESPN's Waj instead of a report confirmed by ESPN. And it was a whole big thing in, in the media in general that Wojnarowski himself was always getting the news. He was always the first reporting it, and what ESPN would do is sometimes they would just say confirmed by ESPN. Now, I'm not doubting what he has, you know, the ESPN reporters, and I'm sure they got their news right after. But anytime Wojnarowski tweets anything, that's it. It's official. You don't need to say confirmed by – you didn't confirm anything. Wojnarowski tweeted it. I could say I confirmed it because I read his tweet. It's that simple. He is the best, 100% right. He is the guy. So now, instead of ESPN saying confirmed by ESPN, which is what they always did, sometimes would not even, you know, give him credit. They would just, you know, reported by the vertical or – sometimes even slight him, and, and that was a big thing ESPN finally corrected their policy and, and would mention names sometimes. But So, I, you know, I, I wrote that tweet, said, eh, I'll get a few likes, whatever. And, uh, well, now it's it, it has over, over 100, you know, it's it's in the mid-hundreds, late hundreds and retweets, over 300-plus likes. Um, it, it made Twitter moments, which uh, a few of my friends back home, I had a few friends, you know, text me, Monday night, Tuesday morning, like, dude, you made Twitter moments, dude, like, your tweet's going crazy, um, I don't know, I, this is not to boost my ego, I mean, granted, almost anything boosts my ego these days, but, uh, I just thought it was a cool moment, and sometimes you never know what you put out there could just take, you know, just, I don't want to say go viral, because on Twitter, so many things go nuts, um, so I wouldn't say I'm going viral, just, you know, it's going crazy, 100 plus retweets, hundreds, hundreds of likes, so, uh, um, just a cool moment on that. Now, uh, let me tell you what's going to be on this show. We have Tova Knecht's interview, and, and I know I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned last week that we're going the season's going to be coming to an end here on Bite Size. It will soon. Um, I I do plan on having at least another show in the near future. So this is not the, officially the last show, but coming up at about 9.30 or so, it'll be Tova Knecht's interview with Chef Zisi. You will not want to miss that. At about 10 o'clock, Joanna Shebson speaks with Dan from Desert Camping Israel. Sounds like a really cool, and it uh, sounds like a really cool uh, idea for those of you traveling to Israel in the near future. So you'll want to hear that. And also, my summer munchin in Brooklyn. This week we did it on a Monday. We went to Izzy Smokehouse. You could check out at Brooklyn Munchin on Twitter. Excuse me, at Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram. And uh, we do not have a Twitter account. So at Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram. Check out the pictures. Little preview before I uh, go into it more with about 10 minutes or so left on the show. So again, at Brooklyn Munchin, checking out some great pictures from Izzy's Smokehouse. 
Um, but for now, as I start every Wednesday, Mahapecha Shel Simcha. You're listening to Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני תשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים Yeah, yeah. 
ויהי ויהי בשור מלך בהתעשר השעם ויהי ויהי בשור מלך בהתעשר השעם כולנו יחד, יחד שבטי ישראל אחדות בעם ישראל באגודה אחת, יחד שבטי ישראל עכשיו אחדות בעם
That was a hallelujah. One of my, uh, probably one of my favorite songs these days at weddings. I just had a wedding this past Sunday. And when that song came on, like everyone just goes crazy. And, and I think it's like the, uh, whoever it is, the band and, and, and the, the, the singer, like they know that that's the song that's going to get people going. So they play it a little longer. And I do appreciate that. Um, so a phenomenal, phenomenal song. Bottom of the hour here, hour number one on Bite Size. And it's uh, time for Tova Connect's interview with Chef Zizi. I know I'm going to be paying attention. I like to cook. I pretend I like to cook healthy, but maybe I should start. So uh, here is Tova Connect's interview with Chef Zizi right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm in the car now with Chef Zizi, Chef Extraordinaire. We are on our way to a wonderful event hosted by JNF. It's going to be a hands-on culinary experience. We're going to hear all about that and more. But before I want to introduce you to Chef Zizi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So before we get into all about what you do as a chef, can we hear a little bit about you, your background, your Aliyah story? Definitely, but you have to ask me specific questions. Okay. So let's start with... <laughs> how too much to tell. Okay, so let's start. How long have you been in Israel for? I've been here almost three years. Okay, and before Israel? Um, I lived in Boston. I was born and raised there. And then I moved to New York for six and a half years. Too many. Too many. (laughs) And now I'm here. Wow. Okay. And before you became a chef, you had to go to culinary school, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I I studied undergrad at Boston University and I studied hospitality, um, which is hotel and restaurant management. And then I went back two and a half years later for culinary school. Uh Uh-huh. And what what focus did you have in uh, culinary school? Did you have a, a specific food focus? Um, like, what did I want to be when I grew up? <laughs> <laughs> that, or what did you, uh, desserts or main oh, dishes? definitely not desserts because I don't like to follow directions. Okay. Um, and with cooking, I, I just really, really, really love flavor. And my whole thing is flavor. So, also, well, your goal is to remove stress out of cooking, make it easy, healthful. Yeah, so what I really try and my, my real life goal in cooking is to help um, Ashken, really Ashkenazi Jews um, understand that there is a world of flavor out there in the world and, uh, and to make them aware of it and to show them that they can adapt from other cuisines by using my recipes. They don't have to do it on their own uh-huh. um, and be able to eat flavors that they've never tasted before and use spices and fresh herbs that they've never tasted before and um, and just by doing so, pe- a lot of my clients and a lot of people who, who use my recipes end up losing a lot of weight. Uh-huh. Um, so because they're, mo- they're moving away from the fried schnitzel and the Yerushalmi kugel. Exactly. And, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with a good chilinter kugel because I personally love Hamish food. But I'm trying to teach people that you can also serve really magnificent healthy food alongside those things and then for dinner during the week you can really 
eat well and it doesn't have to take you any time. Wow, so where can people see these pictures and, uh, and recipes. your recipes? So I, I run a website which is called chefccrecipes.com and it's a full um, menu service which means that um, you sign up and you and I provide you with your whole week planned out for you. And that doesn't just mean recipes, it means that each night for dinner your meal's planned out for you. And then you have um, what to do with the leftovers, how to turn them into something different for lunch the next day. And then all about different foods. I, I make a lot of the ingredients very easy to find. And once in a while I'll throw something in to teach you and make you aware of something else and tell you where you can find it and if you don't want to or can't find it, what you can substitute with with that ingredient. Uh -huh. And also with each recipe, um, there's an open forum where you can contact me directly and say, Chef Cece, I really like this recipe, but I don't like this ingredient. What can I substitute it with? So it's and like, then I respond. So it's like having a personal chef on hand. Exactly. It's, it's direct contact with someone helping you decide what to make for dinner and more than that, not just what to make for dinner, but how to provide a really easy, quick, healthy, beautiful dinner where you'll never, ever want to go out to eat ever again because you'll turn into the biggest snob, snob of all time and be like, oh, I can make this better. Yeah, so I definitely love using your website. You know, just besides having the whole menu planned and all the ingredients, you also have the gorgeous pictures. Oh, thank you. So I'm always impressed that I see uh, all your Arab, Sh Arab Shabbat pictures, that your food's already... <laughs> planned and beautiful and presented so beautifully and it really does it's even nicer than the restaurants it is and it tastes better like once you make a burger from my website you won't be able to eat a burger out ever again <laughs> it's probably less expensive also it's much less expensive oh. it just tastes better so uh besides cooking in your own home you also provide a service that you cook in private homes i'm also a private chef oh but one more thing i want to say oh, yeah. is that the about my long-term goal, about I'm Ashkenazi, so I can say this yeah. um, proudly that there I feel in the there's this like Jewish epidemic. Is that the right word? Yeah. Where um, where where uh, the Ashkenazi American Jews did not learn and were never taught about other cuisines, and they stick to some, even though it's come very far and a long way. Um, I find that a lot of the recipes contain a lot of sugar and a lot of like opening jars, yeah. uh, opening jars and pouring them on. Right. And uh, buy buy this jar of this and put it in. And my my recipes don't take longer, but they skip all those steps. And I don't put sugar in nearly any of my recipes, and they taste sweet and beautiful and delicious because I'm using such fresh, fresh ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. Um, Where do you like to buy your fresh ingredients? Well, I love the shuk. Market. That must be why we're such good friends. <laughs> that's why. That's we, meet, we meet there all the time. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, I go there in the morning and I see, you know, like all the vendors putting on tefillin. And they're like 7.30. So it's yeah. like, you don't get that, obviously, anywhere else in the world. And I have my fish guy and my guy that I buy my dates from and my... Um, my meat guy, and my this guy, and my that guy, my fresh spices and fresh herbs, and I always look for things that I, I always look for things that I don't recognize, and I buy them, and I figure it out, which is also fun. So things that you've never even seen before, purple cauliflower. Yeah, purple cauliflower. Did you try that? Yeah. 
Did it taste? Uh, it doesn't taste different. No, it just looks it just, much it's cooler. Just very pretty. Uh, you could just say I ate purple cauliflower today <laughs> and feel really good about yourself. Okay, so back to uh, yes. cooking in private homes. You're a personal so chef. I'm a private chef. I come into people's homes and I create all the recipes and menus per client, um, which means that I don't give a list of what I do. I very much work with them like directly and say like what do you love what do you hate what do you crave and then I create all my recipes and menus based off of what they tell me and they can change the menu as much as they want up until you know I come in and cook it for them which is which you know it's, it's great and it's also I'm very much not a caterer there's no mass production everything is um, in small quantities and really paid attention to and cared for so that's amazing and the families that you uh that you cook for are very lucky. Um, so I didn't mention to the audience that I'm sitting with a movie star, at a side a TV star, I should say. You're also, uh, besides being a personal private chef, you also are providing a service for the global world, I guess. Right. So, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also doing a TV series with um, Israeli TV in English. It's called the ILTV. The ILTV, mm-hmm. and. Um, they we're doing a bunch of recipes. We do like four at a time, and uh, it's shown in all the LL flights and also in 14 different countries. So anyone on their way to uh, Israel or you know back to the states or wherever or you're flying, if you're in 14 countries, <laughs> do you want to list them? Do you know? Do you know the 14 countries? I actually have no idea. <laughs> okay, well you might see Chef CC on your uh, LL screen. You know. It would probably be the most interesting thing on your LL flight, to yeah, be honest. I give really great recipes there. <laughs> yeah, you might not want to eat the LL food <laughs> yeah, you're when you're watching Chef ZC cook. Or when you're on your way to Israel, then you can say, wow, look at all the flavors I'm about to come taste. But you should know that if you do live in these 14 other countries, or in any of the other countries of the world, my recipes are seasonal for Israel. But if you do live in a place like the United States or... Um, the UK or Canada, those three I can confidently speak for, the others I'm not as sure, but I know that if you are in other places of the world, you can still make all of these recipes and find the majority of the ingredients. And like I said, if you can't, you, you contact me directly and say, what can I substitute? So everyone wins. So besides cooking uh, in private homes, you cook in your own private home, you have two beautiful daughters. And I'm sure they're not eating uh, fish sticks out of the freezer. No, we eat really, really well. And we actually often have um, picnics on ah, our rug. On your um, rug, yeah. With like a big tr- uh, plate of food and everyone like takes from it. We don't we don't have individual plates. Like we have a main thing, like how they in, in, like yeah. eat in India. Uh-huh. And we all take and like have a dipping sauce and a this thing and a that thing. And like, it's really fun. That's so cute. So it's definitely possible for moms not to have to cook pasta and hot dogs and fish sticks. There's ways that well, they... Well, it's, it's a two-way... Uh, what's the word? Like two-way street. Like a, yeah, well, the, the whole thing of, of cooking kid-friendly yeah. is, I think, one of the biggest problems of why adults don't eat well. I think that if kids are just known exposed to eat, to, exposed and right. known to eat what their parents are eating, if their parents are eating well, then yeah. they will eat it. And if they say they don't want it, chances are they're not hungry. Uh-huh. Um, and if you really stick to your guns and say, well, this is what's for dinner, and 
um, this is what we're having, then your kids will eat really well. Like, my kids eat really spicy food. They eat, you know, things that kids don't eat. And, of course, because they're kids, they're going to say, I don't like this, I don't like that. But I very much encourage to try. Yeah. And I, I, I really, I feed them what I'm eating. So, I think, like... So they're having they're they're uh, having a lot of different flavors uh, exposed to their palate. Yeah, and and even if right now you know you have kids who are picky eaters and they won't they they say they don't like it. Even if you just keep on exposing them to what you're eating and you're eating well, your kids will end up eating well and be a healthier, happier, well-rounded human beings. That's great <laughs> advice. Okay, so talking about advice. Um, you did move to Israel. I did. Yes. Kolakavod on your Aliyah. Thank you. Do you have tips or advice for people thinking about moving to Israel? Um, well, actually, I was given really, really... The best advice I was given in moving here was stop comparing it to the country you're coming from. And I came from America, which they are completely different countries. Right. And there's nothing really similar about Israel and America. Don't compare them. You're moving to Israel, compare it to Israel, like expect what you expect from Israel. But also, um, on a less, less harsh note, <laughs> yeah. um, I still moved to Israel. Right. I, I love this country. I always have. I have a connection with this country since I was four years old. And um, I, I really, with all the craziness of this country, there is so much beauty here and realness that you won't find anywhere else in the world. Um, one of the things that really stands out is um, a lot of the time people think like, oh, Israelis are so rude. But I have to tell you, I lived in New York for six and a half years, and I lived in Boston for, I don't know, 18 years. Yeah. And in Boston, everyone's, and yes, I am generalizing majorly right now, so if you're not one of these people, I know you exist, <laughs> but I'm, gonna, I'm going to generalize for the, because you'll understand what I'm saying, is that in Boston, everyone's really polite, but that's it. Like, if you go into the bank, someone's just polite to you. And yes, the customer service is great, and they're polite to you, but there's there's no realness. There's no cashier. There's for sure no cashier, no connection, but there's no realness of any kind. And then in New York, people are more rude because it's like, they're not as polite. They're not, it's a different place. Right. But they, um... They are rude, and that's it. Like, if someone's rude to you, you're not going to break them. Like, you can't you, you can't get past that. But in Israel, if someone's rude to you, yeah, and then you're nice to them, and you smile to them, and you say, um, like... You, you, you ask them their story. Not even your story. You just, you just smile, smile. They open up, and they... They literally... Uh, first, they're confused, because <laughs> it's not done so much here. I'm trying to change that, but it's not done. Like, people don't smile at each other for nothing, so they're confused, and then they realize, like, you're genuinely giving them the time of day. I love seeing then, everyone's shocked face when you say Shabbat Shalom. Right, they're I say so Shabbat Shalom happy. and they're like, And oh. then they treat you like you're their granddaughter. Yes. No matter what age they are, they treat you like you're their granddaughter and it's it's an amazing trick for people who are coming to this country because like everyone says, Oh the bank is such a nightmare and going to this place oh sorry yeah. and going to this place is such a nightmare. But really like smile at these people and oh, look exactly. into their eyes and they will treat you like gold. Like I walk into the bank, and they're like, "Zizi, yes. and exactly. like, it's not because they're happy to see me. It's because of how they remember I treated them last time. So it's remember all about the, that. it's all about the respect that you give them. And if you're going in with a good attitude, that's what I love about this country is that you can really 
connect with someone in an instant if you if you do it. They're not gonna do it first because they're they're harsh. They've been living here too long. Right. But us as Americans coming to this country, we're softer. We're we're you know naturally different speed. Yeah. And if we bring that over and understand that they're not trying to be mean to us or rude to us, it's just how they are. That you could really you could really survive here and get ahead here. Those are amazing tips for anyone thinking about moving here, and even for people that come here to visit. Yeah. Fantastic. So what's, you moved to Yerushalayim, which isn't a typical place that uh, Olim specifically from America moved to. So why Yerushalayim, and what do you love living um, So I moved to Yerushalayim because all my clients were here. They, uh-huh. My clients live around the corners from me, which is amazing. Um, but also because I, if I'm going to live in a city, I want to live in the greatest city. Yeah. And if I want to live with land and have a garden, then I want to live in with the land. But I didn't want to live in a city that's, like, a little bit boring. Right. So your slime is most certainly not boring. It's very exciting. And I have the shook that I can walk to. And I, you know, I, it's just a really, there's a really good feeling in your slime. And it brings out the truth in you and the best in you or the worst. It depends how you bring it out <laughs> in others. And it's just, it's a very... A very wonderful city to live in. I feel I feel really lucky to live there. Wow. Truth. That's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know if I have to ask this question, but maybe you have a different answer. On that note, can you think of a place in Israel that you could call your Israel happy place? Um, I probably have two. Okay. Because I'm I I do love Yerushalayim, but I also love nature so much. So I think. Um, I think like the shuk obviously is my happy place on one hand like if I have a job or if I want to cook dinner like I go in there and I just get inspired and all I just start creating all these recipes and it's it really is a culinary dream for me coming from the states where even in New York like you, you don't have anything that compares to it where you have a lot of kosher availability in New York but you don't have anything that comes close to the shuk and to be able to like be in a country and be able to eat so many things in the shuk and so much is kosher. It's a it's a dream and it really inspires me in creating a lot of my recipes and seeing uh, produce and spices in their best form. Um, and also like having connections with all the vendors and feeling a part of it is, is great. Um, so that's one of my happy places when I want to feed myself and others. <laughs> but when I'm not others and myself which is rare but (laughs) it happens then I would say like not a specific place but I really love the flowers Kalaniot they grow here in the winter and they're these red gentle flowers Mm -hmm. and when I go like sometimes you can go to fields that grow them and uh, to go into this like big field and be surrounded by the nature of Israel and just see them and smell the sweet fresh air of Israel is an, a, like a, just as much if not more of one of my happy places um, and I'm, it's funny because as a chef I mean I always have been like very uh, smell aware like uh-huh. I have such a, a sense of smell a strong sense of smell mm-hmm. and I always like which is a big reason like why I didn't like New York and the subway and like everything just smells so bad <laughs> all the time. Right? Oh, I don't understand horrible. how people- 
oh. do it. Like it just smells so bad. And with Israel, like I, I just always growing up loved the smell of this country. And each city and each makolet has its own little smell. But everything just smells like sweet and fresh bread. And it, like obviously, obviously, again, you have like places that don't smell good. But I'm talking about the country as a whole. It In general, yeah. sweet. And not sweet in like a nauseating like candy store sweet. I'm talking about like a like a natural real sweet, like a, a natural vanilla. <laughs> and I I just like if you if you've never been to this country, just come and smell it, and then you can go home. You might they might not want to leave. <laughs> you which is this is the point. Yeah, you fall in love. Yeah. Well, if anybody. Everybody, I'm sure right now, is completely intrigued by uh, who ZC is. How can they find you? So you can find me on my website, um, www. Do people still say that? It's okay. Um, yeah. ChefZCRecipes.com. Okay, I'll put the link or into the can, post. Yeah, put the link in. Or you can just Google Chef ZC. Um, so far, there's only one of me. Okay. Um, still, you That's know. good. No, I don't think anybody could uh, compete. Patent pending. Yeah, and, and on um, Facebook. And on Facebook, my page is Chef ZC. Okay. And on Instagram, I'm Chef underscore ZC. Okay. And We're seeing a trend. That's, yeah, how did I come up with all these names? Who knows? <laughs> and uh, that's how you can get in touch with me and, and uh, be a part of my big culinary journey. Culinary journey and family of people who really want to eat incredible food. Well, I'm excited to be a part of it, and I'm excited to see where you're going because you're going there very quickly. Thank you. And Hatzlach uh, with everything. And Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for bringing me. I'm so excited to see what we're about to do. Um, back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Chef Zisi. That's, uh, you can find her recipes on ChefZisiRecipes.com, Z-C-Z-I-S-S-I-E, ChefZisiRecipes.com. And, uh, I mean, just looking at the website, it's a really well-done website. Looks healthy. I see green, so that must mean it's healthy. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm going to check it out because I like to pretend, again, like I said earlier, I like to pretend to cook healthy. And uh, I know my mom would appreciate that. So uh, I'm going to have to do that. Now, if I see kale, I can't promise that I'm going to use it. Maybe I'll substitute it with something else. I don't know. But, again, uh, thank you, Chef Zizi. Thank you, Tova. TovaInIsrael.com. Tova in Israel on Facebook. You could find this interview there. You could find it on our archives, tovainisrael.com. Again, Tova in Israel on Facebook. Plenty more coming up on Bite Size. Here's another one of my favorite second dance songs, The Ahafta, Mylech Cohen. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nahum Siegel Network.
מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, רק יגיע כשכולנו חברים. כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, כבר רוצה להגיע, מחכה לחברים. Praying for Mashiach It will only happen when we all get along Everyone waiting for Wishing, praying for Mashiach Let's look one another Everyone in song אני הולך עם ראש למעלה, כל אחד הוא בן או בת של מלך. ככה היה, וככה זה גם הלאה, יהודים נשמה בוערת. בכל מקום ובכל ארץ, לא רוצה שיהיה אחרת. יהודי אני, זה משהו נצחי. בני אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, בני ישראל And every Jew's a proud Jew 
not just me My sisters and my brothers Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew It's not what you've done It's how he made you So sing this song and spread the pride around you Yehudiani, eternally Hey Abraham, Yitzchak Yaakov Hey Sarah Rivka Anochi, Benny Friedman's Ivri Anochi, that is, and uh, I came across some sad news regarding that uh, that song. If anyone's seen that YouTube video, the the bus from that video unfortunately was set on fire, and uh, I know I've seen it across Facebook where there is a GoFundMe if you would like to support it. It seems like it was a hate crime. I'm sure we'll uh, hear more about it, but uh, such such sad news, especially for that type of video. We're trying to fill the world with light, literally, like the opposite message. Someone's trying to do this hate crime. We're trying to spread positivity. Uh, such a shame to hear about it. So if you would like to support it, there is a GoFundMe. Um, I'm sure you could find it on Facebook. But again, uh, sad news. But let's uh, let's get to happier times here. Top of the hour on Bytes Hour number two, when it's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with David from Desert Camps of Israel. Thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. So a few months ago, I was headed down towards the Dead Sea and stopped off at a new place called the Khan. 
um, Desert Camping Israel. And I was so impressed that I, I called David, who runs the Khan, and I, I said to him, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. So David is going to sit down with us now this morning, and he's going to talk to us and tell us a little bit about what activities he runs at the Khan. Hi, David. Welcome. Hey, Joanna. Good morning. So tell us a little bit about where the Khan is and what your activities are there. All right. So the Khan or Desert Camping Israel, it's a family, small uh, business um, between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea, uh, right in the wilderness of Judea. Uh, inside the hills, we hide some tents. Um, the beauty is when he says they have some tents, these are beautiful, large tents. I walked in and that was what totally impressed me. I walked in and there were like 20 mattresses laid out beautifully with beautiful white sheets, folded towels on top. And I was like, if I needed to go camping, this is the way I would go camping. Yeah, it still feels very authentic. And, um, and David runs it as a family business. So when, uh, you, when you come there, tell, tell us a little bit about what will happen if someone arrives in the evening and then what are the activities that they have? So while you'll get uh, to our campsite, um, I'll meet you by uh, your host who will uh, first present you with some refreshments, tell you about himself, ask you about yourself, and then you live out for a sunset tour to get to know the area, to understand where are we, what we do there, and why we do it over there. And then you're going to cook together on the burning coals. We're going to cook together a biblical-style dinner. Uh, we'll make, of course, pita bread on, on the side. We're going to make some special dishes um, for dinner. After dinner, we're going to sit around the campfire, telling stories uh, through the night. Later on, if you'd like, uh, you can go to, to your tent, your own private tent, very well organized. In the morning, we're going to wake you up very early for a sunrise tour. We're going to climb up a beautiful hill to see a magnificent sunrise over the desert. After that, when we'll come back, of course, you can get your time to organize, have a tea, have a coffee, a rich Israeli breakfast. And after that, if you'd like, we might let you live. The thing is, after that, you might want to stay. Although, as the, as the day gets warmer and warmer, you'll understand why David invites his guests to come in the afternoon and to sleep over in the evening. And a desert evening is very nice and mild, especially in the summer. So, um, the Desert camping is available throughout the year, except for the month of August, because that is just the one time of year where it's just a bit too hot to be camping out. Um, one other thing I was just asking David, as a mom, I'm, I'm just a little concerned about the animals. Like, what animals are, are around there when we're sleeping in our tent? Uh, do we have to worry about anyone coming to visit us? So, of course, you don't need to be worried about any wild animals coming into the tent. We might get the chance to see a wild animals while we'll do the sunrise tour. We might see some wild gazelles, beautiful gazelles, walking around the hills. But that's the only thing. No one comes to the tent. And there's also uh, a full-time shomer that stays up to make sure that the whole campsite is secure. So um, you can rest in what we call glamping, glamour camping. You can rest in your beautiful, big, large tent. Um, there are proper bathrooms, also showers there. So, you know, there's, it's just a full, exciting um, desert experience. And uh, what ages have you hosted? Are, are 
pe- can people come with young kids? They come older people. We usually host mostly families, so we do it from uh, babies to to ninety nine years old, and we did that. Uh, so, what was your most interesting group so far that you've had, or a most interesting event? I think the most interesting event was uh, doing the Seder, Leila Seder uh, at the Khan. There was a bunch of families that wanted to do it outside, just like they did it in the in the olden days, uh, laying on the cushions and having a beautiful, beautiful Seder. And then, is the Khan open for Sukkot? Because I know a lot of the listeners of the radio show come to Israel for Sukkot and are always looking for something to do on Cholamoed. Yes, of course, we are opening through all of Cholamoed, uh, and we'll be happy to host you there. Okay, great. And um, just one last question: Do you have uh, the option of have like hosting an actual bar mitzvah party, like a large group, and can people bring in a caterer if they want to do a dinner and a campfire? So yes, one more thing that we do is having a just having the place to to do event or a special event for a bar mitzvah. It's a place that you can bring your own catering. You can do drum circle. You can do. Uh, um, we can bring DJ. We can bring um, just sit around the campfire, having uh, letting the kids having marshmallows, having the grows uh, grown up, uh, having tea, coffee, wine around the campfire. That's a great experience. That's a great way to celebrate a bar mitzvah. I guess the advantage of being located in the desert is you don't have any neighbors who complain about noise at night. So these parties can go on till late at night if you want to. Um, okay, wonderful. And of course, uh, you may not realize this, but there's tons of free parking. So parking is not an issue there in the desert. And um, for those of you who've been to Eretz Breshit, this is um, located like one hill over from Eretz Breshit and it's actually a great activity to combine together so if you spend the evening and have a campfire um, and a sunrise walk uh, with David then the next morning you can easily get over to Eretz Breshit for that experience afterwards so thank you so much David and we look forward to hosting lots of our listeners thank you very much Joanna and we'll be happy to host you in our campsite all right now back to you Yoni thank you David again that's David from Desert Camping Israel otherwise known as The Khan. Um, and thank you, Joanna. If you'd like to reach Joanna, Joanna Shepson can be reached at funinjerusalem.com. I believe you could uh, reach her at info at funinjerusalem or maybe Joanna at funinjerusalem. Yeah, that, you definitely can. Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. If you are heading to Israel over the summer, you still somehow, for some reason, don't have plans. Listen, people do that. People are procrastinators. I'm raising my hand right here. You don't have plans. Just send her an email and she will really hook you up with all the details you need, give you plenty of great ideas. Even if you uh, even if you think you have a good idea, reach out to her. It can't hurt. I'm telling you, there are things you've never heard of that she knows about. Contact her, joanna at funinjerusalem.com. Plenty more coming up again at Brooklyn Munchen. We'll talk about my trip to Izzy Smokehouse. And also, because of the way the schedule works, that we didn't really talk about last week's trip, Upside Craft Burger. So you'll want to hear both of that. Again, 10, 15 minutes before the show ends. Tune back in, but for now, plenty more music. Mordechai Shapiro, Schar Mitzvah, right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Thank you. 
תודה על הרוח, שאין לי זמן לנוח, על התיקון, על המהות, תודה על היהדות. אין לנו זכות בכלל להתלונן, הכל פוחמסה וברוך השם כי החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו תותים, החיים שלנו
the world make over. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yep, yep. Pump up the volume every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha shim. You're the king. Ha shim. You're the king. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem
Thank you very much. Shalom, Odessa! Simcha Liners, Vial HaKol. Maybe in a 
appropriate song as we uh, get ready here to talk about my endeavor in Brooklyn. Let's again, I spoke about it a bit last week. I'll uh, again tell you exactly what I am doing in Brooklyn this summer. I've started this little thing myself and two friends of mine, one of them my roommate, but that's really neither here nor there. And uh, I called it Summer Munchin in Brooklyn. It's quite simple. Basically, I live in Washington Heights, which means I live really far from Brooklyn, but I've seen so many things about different great Brooklyn eateries that I decided I have to spend this summer. You know, summer is a time where people just do things a little differently. Sometimes things are a little slower. People are out of town. There's there's more. It seems like there's sometimes more time to do things. So this summer I was like, you know what? I need to do this. Like I've always wanted to eat in Brooklyn. It's always been a schlep. But I also work on the Lower East Side, which means my schlep going to Brooklyn's a lot less than my schlep from the Washington Heights. So myself, two friends, we go to we we go to one restaurant a week in Brooklyn. And uh, the way the schedule worked out for this week is the only day that worked was Monday. So usually for the la- the first two weeks we did Wednesday. The first week was Buffin Bun, a great place. Last week, which I would, did not was not able to mention on air because I you know it was Wednesday night. My show airs on Wednesday. Was Upside Craft Burger. So we're gonna start with that. Then I'll go into my uh, Izzy's Smokehouse, which was this past Monday night. So Upside Craft Burger, a place highly recommended by many. Uh, I actually never heard about it until I started this thing. As people, and right when I, I posted it on Facebook the first week after Buffin Bun, and people were like, oh my God, you have to check out. Uh, Izzy's was pretty classic. Uh, Main House Barbecue was mentioned. Obviously, Bison and Bourbon a million times. Um, but people mentioned Upside Craft, and I was like, mm, never heard of it. So we went over there. <clears throat> and uh, really, uh, I'm I'm really into the these hip, kind of cool modern places so i really enjoyed what the uh what the inside looked like it was nice uh kind of like wooden walls uh really a, a clean they had a nice like kind of bar type seating in the in the middle and then you had your your service towards the right um just really hip a lot of not not necessarily color but just just the walls were really well done the seating was nice didn't feel cramped uh, weren't too many people at the time when we started ordering but I guess in Brooklyn, people start eating at 7. I don't know where I grew up. I was like, 5.30, I'm hungry. Let's eat. Um, and people are kind of out from like 5.30 to 8. I, I, and, and in New York, I guess this is a general thing. People just like, it's like from 6 to like midnight, you could eat dinner, which is cool. Because like we used to fly in back, back way back when, I guess, when my family, we used to fly into New York. And it'd be like 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh, we could go anywhere. Like every place is open. And there's plenty of people. Uh, not, not like that where I grew up. But um, anyway. So we get there, we go to Upside Craft Burger, and, and what we do, we're three people. We try to order about two to three appetizers, depending on what how they sound like. And if we other we, we tend to look at what other people order, just to, like, we, if we could get a sneak peek at some dishes, like, let's go for it. Uh, so at Upside Craft, we ordered the crispy chicken, Asian beef tenders, and pan-seared dumplings. Uh, and, and, and listen, with this, with these reviews, I am going to be honest. So I, you know, I don't, this is a one-time experience and it's important to note that it's a one-time experience. Sometimes chefs have bad days. Sometimes they have great days. Sometimes the service or your waiter, your waitress are having a bad day and it's stuff like we, we have to keep that into account where this one experience isn't the end all be all for, for, for this restaurant. You know, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'd like to think I know my food. Anyone that's seen me can probably tell I like my food, but so it's just important to note that whether it's great experience, whether it's a terrible experience, it's important to note it's a one-time experience. Anyone else could go at a different time, a different day, and and have the exact opposite experience or the same. I don't know, but just important to know that. So we ordered the crispy chicken, the Asian beef tenders, and the pan seared dumplings. Uh, we are big appetizers people. We also believe that the appetizers not are not necessarily better than the mains, but they tend to be just different flavors and and really cool, unique unique dishes you won't really get at home or you won't see often. So we ordered those three. 
Uh, one of my friends is anti-spicy, and, and he asked, are, "Is the you know there's a little jalapeno by the crispy chicken?" And he said, "Is it spicy?" She's like, yeah, "I mean, it's spicy, but like it, it it's not terribly spicy." Anyway, he had one bite. He was like, "I'm done." Like um, he's like schwitzing. I was, and I'm from Texas. I don't love spicy. I like spicy. I don't love spicy. I did not find it to be particularly hot. Um, that, I thought the crispy chicken was great. The Asian beef tenders were pretty good. Now the problem with uh, pan seared dumplings, I had there were four of them. Were three and and four is totally fine. Like I, I to me appetizers should be two or four. It should never be three. So four is fine. I'm okay with that. We're three people. Cool. Uh, so I had one. Uh, my friend that didn't like the crispy chicken because it was too hot had the second one. We're like, okay, you could have the second one. And uh, my other friend. Now I thought they were pretty good. Now anyone sees, you could go to again at Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram to check out the pictures. It did not look like a dumpling. That was not at all what I expected like a dumpling. I think we decided they're more like empanadas or uh, I forgot what the other word is. But uh, I thought it tasted good. I just It, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and, and a little, I don't know, 12 bucks for, for four you know, half circle things is, is not exactly my uh, idea for bang for buck. But nonetheless, tasted good. That was the appetizer for our mains. We ordered, uh, my friend ordered the, excuse me, I ordered the pulled beef burger one of my friends ordered the chili burger, and someone went for the grilled chicken sandwich. Now, I, 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 when we go to a burger place, Upside Craft Burger, I, I have to order a burger. Uh, and I know these, like a lot of places, have great pulled beef sandwiches, etc. And, and actually, we'll get to that with my next review. But uh, you know, buff and bun. I had to get a burger, beef and bun. Buff, by the way, is I believe French for beef. Anyway. Um, we all had certain things to say about the mains, and all in all, let me let me tell you how we review things. We uh, it's a fifty point system, twenty points for taste, ten per, ten points for ambiance and comfort, ten points for service, and ten points for bang for buck. That's what we decided were the four main things. And all in all, after we combine all four, all three of our ratings, excuse me, uh, between the three of us, it averaged a six point two. Now, I would say an average score would be a 7. I believe Buff and Bun was a 7.2, 7.3. Upside Craft was a 6.2. Personally, my thoughts, uh, the 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 appetizers were, were good. Not great. They were good. And I'm not a picky eater. Like, I will eat almost anything. I personally thought Buff and Bun, the burger was not good. Now, I finished it because, again, I will finish almost anything. It has to be really bad for me not to finish. But I thought the Buff and Bun burger was not good. Here, I thought the burger was better. The appetizers were worse than Buff and Bun. And, uh, so, so taste wise, I was like, eh, it's average. Like I probably could have made that at home, which, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. I, I do think I'm a pretty solid cook. So that was my thoughts on taste. I, I did like the ambiance and comfort. The service was a little interesting in that there were kind of like waiters floating around cause there wasn't much to do. And like, we, we finished our water and like, we thought like they would notice, like they would come refill our water and they never did until like we had to ask them. Um, like 10 minutes later, we're like, all right, we should just ask. Um, and these are like little nitpicky things. Again, it's a one-time experience. You can't really judge all. Um, and there were also some like dirty plates on our, on our, from the appetizers that they didn't clean off, which we thought was interesting. Like they cleaned some, but not all, but service again, you know, solid, not, not what I thought was the best. And then, um, bang for buck. Eh. So that, that's where you get the 6.2. It's not a bad rating. It's not a good rating. It's not a bad rating. But I've heard people have had good experience. I've also, you know, people that saw my rating were like, yeah, I didn't have such a great experience. So uh, I think people should, like, I think people should support these businesses in general and visit it. Like, you might have a different experience than I am. But that was just uh, what we thought. And now Izzy's. Now, Izzy's was obviously one of the most popular places that people say you should go to. 
Um, anyone that knows kosher food in New York, Izzy's will probably be one of the three to five names mentioned that you have to go visit. Um, it's a bit of a schlep in that, you know, we took the two or three train into, uh, I don't even know what area that is, by Ocean Parkway, uh, uh, Crown Heights, that's what it was, because you kind of get off in 770s right there, and then you got to walk 10 minutes, but that's fine. And uh, so we go there, we walk in, and everyone used to tell me, I, I, I don't know if the place changed, but people used to tell me it's literally just a counter, you can't really sit anywhere, and uh, you kind of order and you're like kind of standing and eating. That that was not the experience I had. There were seats, there were about, let's think, six, 12, eight, there were probably about 20 seats, and apparently they open, they have this room next door that they also open to seating, which probably fits another 30, 40, whatever it is. So there is plenty of seats if you want to go, don't let that hold you back. Um, I thought personally, I'm a big fan of menus that are simple. I don't like, and I don't want to mention names. There are certain restaurants that I've been to in the city where the menu is literally a novel and I don't read novels. I don't have time to read novels. I just want to eat like Just, just do a certain, you know, I don't know, 10 mains, whatever type of restaurant you are, five mains, 10 mains, five sandwiches, 10 sandwiches, whatever it is. Don't do those. Well, don't do a bunch of things. Just good. I guess that would also be well. Don't do a bunch of things. Average do a small amount of things very well. That's all I want. So Izzy's only has three appetizers, only has, I mean, they have four different sandwiches. One of them is a hot, uh, a fifth one is a hot dog. I don't really count that as a sandwich, which is a total separate debate. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Wow, that could be a whole show. But, uh, and then they have their ribs and then they have their sides. So we, we saw the appetizers. We're like, we're not going to go for the appetizers. Smoke wings. I have a good idea of what that tastes like. Um, what were it? Pulled beef tacos, pulled beef empanadas. We're like, eh, we, we pretty much have a good idea. Izzy's. So we were told... You have to try the dino ribs. I figure I'm going to go here definitely this time, and there's a good chance I come back next time if I have a decent, just a decent experience. Like, you know, everyone talks about Izzy's. I'm going to probably end up going back. I had the dino ribs personally. Well, first I started, you know, I didn't like the appetizers. I said, I'll get a side, the candied sweet potato. I like sweet potatoes. I like pecans. Again, pecan is the correct way of saying pecan. And uh, it was really, really good. I let my friends take a bite. They really liked it. It was really sweet. It was... Um, I can't think of the word, but the, they were uh, shoot, glazed, glazed pecans over the sweet potato. Very tasty. My friend got the mashed potatoes as a side. Really enjoyed it. He didn't let us taste any, but whatever. You know, we'll have to talk about that a different time. And then, so I got the dino ribs. My friend got the sm- the brisket sandwich, and then and then my other friend got the smoked brisket. It's called delicatessen on the on the uh, menu. It's really just a plate. It's it's a pile of smoked brisket with some pickles and cabbage. Uh, and then they split a pulled beef delicatessen. And uh, out of 20, you know, again, a 14 out of 20 in taste is is average. I rated an 18. I thought the taste was excellent. My rib, literally, I would just bite it, and it just came off the bone. It was so tasty. It literally just came off like butter. That's what, like, they were watching me eat. They're like, wow, that just fallen off. So tasty. Now, personally, it was it was, it was was it was great. It was really excellent. Very, again, like I said, tasty, succulent, very good. My my type of ribs that I like, and maybe that's because where I come from, I like them slathered in like barbecue sauce. That I like I like these wet, just you know, messy ribs. That's my type of ribs. And there is a certain restaurant in New York that I think are the best ribs that I've ever had. Talia Steakhouse. I think they're phenomenal ribs. And I've been to uh, when I went to L.A. for Wheel of Fortune. Uh, I was told you have to go. I believe it's called La Gondola or La Gondola, whatever it is. They have the best ribs. And I tried them, and I was like, honestly, I'll take Talia's all day over La Gondola. Um, so I'm still looking for better ribs and Talia's again, these dino ribs, excellent. They were really good. Just not my, not my type of rib, but again, very good. Would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, my friend, 
love the smoked brisket plate. The one that got a smoked brisket sandwich, he said, uh, unfortunately, like halfway through, it kind of like it was really dry to him. And, and he was, you know, he wanted a more, like I said, juicy, wet experience. It sort of got dry on him towards the middle. What everyone said about the pulled beef is it was the best pulled beef I've ever had. I can honestly say that the flavor in there was incredible. Uh, we all agreed the pulled beef was. And I said, next time I go, honestly, I'll get a pulled beef sandwich. 19 bucks, well worth it. Maybe split a smoked brisket plate and and get out of there happy. Now, the dino ribs, it was a $38 rib, expensive. I'm I'm not putting that out there and 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 when I came into this endeavor, I was like, "All right, I'm going to end up spending money." And I know when I go to Izzy's, I'm going to end up spending 50 bucks. Me personally, I spent 52 and I was totally fine with that. Um cuz I came in knowing that I'm going to have to spend money if I want good food. Now now you could go in there and we discussed this was as part of kind of the bang for buck discussion. We went in there talking about the pulled beef, talking about you could go in there because because the service and again this is okay let's let's go into everything the taste I put it at 18 out of 20 the total rating out of everyone and again to go back on on going back and I apologize was a 7.4 now my experience personally was an 8.2 one of my friends was the 7.4 and one of them was in the sixes that was the one that had the smoked brisket sandwich was not happy with it he said he, he legitimately did not like the the last half of the sandwich so I can't fault him for that that's what he ate um, but I thought the taste was excellent. I, I was able to try some of the brisket and try some of the, and I'm not, you know, I will eat brisket. I'm not a huge brisket guy. Pulled beef is my jam. Ribs are my jam. So what I had of those were excellent. And by the way, the pickles were the best pickles I've ever had. I don't know what they pickle it with. I don't know what they do with it. The best pickles I've ever had. And if there was anything close and I, and, and actually I, I did mention this, I, I've been to Milts in Chicago, which was one of the top three eating experience I've had in my life. And, and. And the pickles there were also phenomenal. So I don't, I don't, I'd have to like eat them side by side to remember which one's the best. But the Izzy Smokehouse pickles, phenomenal. So that's on the, on the, on the, I mean, the pickles are so minute, but I, I did want to point that out because they are legit, legit, legit. So uh, that's in terms of taste. In terms of service, the way the style works is you kind of go up to the counter, you order, you sit down, you know, you tell them your name and, and they kind of call out. It was quick. It was like crazy quick. Very satisfied with that. You have to come in anticipating. It's not a waiter. It's not waiter style. So you're not tipping at the end. You could tip. You have that option, but there's no tip included. There's no. Um, I, I don't know if there's an expectation to tip. That's a different conversation. But uh, and and there's no like you know there's no water on the tables. No one's pouring you water. You have to order a drink. That's the way it is, which is fine. Um, so I came in. You know the service I thought was pretty good. Ambiance and comfort again. I didn't expect to have lavish seating and these night. You know I expect it to be a nice dig a little. Um, sort of like dive style, not expecting a huge restaurant experience, just, you know, a table where I could eat. So, so I was plenty satisfied with that. And, uh, and then the bang for buck, it's expensive, but, but I think it's well worth it. What you will be tasting is going to be one of the best food experiences of your life. So you have to come in and I, and, and this is where, what I was going to like, I don't know, three, five minutes ago, you could walk in get a pulled beef sandwich for $19, which is very normal New York price. And have the happy one of the best meals of your life, and nineteen bucks I think is totally fair. And then you you include in ta- tax and the drink, you know, it's twenty three, twenty four dollars. If you want to get yourself a side of mashed potatoes, a side of candied sweet potato, like I did, the baked beans, which are I've I've uh, they catered a shul dinner once of mine, the Shank Shul in Washington Heights. So I've had their baked beans. They are really really good baked beans. If if you like baked beans, you have to get those. Um, you could get in and out for 30 bucks and be plenty, plenty satisfied. If I, if I was going, me and a friend, I would get the pulled beef sandwich. He would get whatever it is, and then we'd probably split one of those smoked brisket plates 
Um, I was told someone that told me that they got the smoked fried chicken there that they really were happy with it. A burger, seventeen bucks. You'll probably be very, very happy with that. I assume it's the burger, probably with the pickles and the cabbage. Um, <clears throat> a great, a great experience. I, I, I felt bad that that after the three of us, it's a seven point four. Now we're not going to alter that rating because you know mine was an eight point two. One of them was a mid sevens, and one of them was a was a mid six. Uh, you take us out, you know, we're talking high sevens. I, I legitimately enjoyed that experience immensely i will be going back and it is a slut but i will be going back at some point um and and this week it was on a monday just because you know we're three guys we it, it's based on our schedules and we're like oh, tuesday wednesday thursday we can't do it. and actually i was supposed to be busy monday and then my plans fell through so it was perfect uh so things work you know man plans god laughs and that's pretty much how this worked out so um it's possible next week when i when we air i'll have nothing to say because I'd already have done the Izzy's review, and maybe next week it's Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know. Um, especially July 4th being Tuesday. It might be tough. We'll see. I hope to have a review in beforehand, but otherwise you'll hear it the following week, whatever it is. Um, but again, at Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram, we'd like for you to follow. Listen, it's a shtick, but I'll admit I would like to, to, get, to get big because that'd be cool if you know we become one of these foodies. Um, I think it's a I think it's a great shtick. I'm all about the shtick. Our thing is one munch. Everyone knows the guidelines. Against that's a that's a rip off, a spoof off of Barstool Sports Pizza Review, where that you have this one guy going to legit. I, I promise you, he goes to a pizza place every single day, whether it's in New York, different city, and uh, he does a three minute video pizza review. Maybe we'll get to doing video reviews at some point, but for now we'll have to settle for audio and uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's on my Facebook, but it's on Instagram, Brooklyn Munchin. I'm trying to get it a little more popular. I'd love for you to guys to follow, maybe share it with your friends. It's a good shtick. I think it's a good shtick. Three guys trying out different places in Brooklyn from Washington Heights. Two out-of-towners, one kid from Muncie. You know, we, we don't get to Brooklyn often. So, uh, again, at Brooklyn Munchin on Facebook. Our shtick, one munch. Everyone knows the guidelines. Again, that's a spoof off of Barstool Sports. The pizza review, one bite. Everyone knows the rules. We did one munch. Everyone knows the guidelines. And uh, the pictures look great. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions regarding it, send me an email, yoniandachlamsegal.com. Leave a comment on the app. I'd like to hear where you think we should go. I want to know your experiences at Buff and Bun, at Upside Craft Burger, at Izzy Smokehouse. Um, I know we know, you know, Bison Bourbon is, a, we're, we're going to get to Bison Bourbon. <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we're, we, we're trying to get our, our wallets a little more beefed up before that because we know that's going to be an experience that'll be a little costly. You know, we've heard lofts, we've heard basil, we've heard parties, we've heard all main house barbecue. We've heard of all these places. I want to hear more. Sub Express, tell us more. You know, give us a good reason why we should go there. Is it the best burger you've ever had? Uh, unfortunately, we're probably not going to go and get a salad. So don't tell me if you, it's the best salad because, all right, cool. Um, but that's not going to do it for us. We're looking for burgers. We're looking for pulled beef sandwiches. We're looking for chicken sandwiches, fried chicken, whatever it is. Subs. Tell us why we should go there. Leave a comment on the app, yoniandachlamsegal.com. I will uh, share it with my group again, at Brooklyn Munchin on Instagram. Spread the word. We want to get famous. Help us do that. And uh, we'll all be happy here. And uh, so that will do it for Bite Size. I probably went a little longer than I thought on that last segment, but I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'd like to thank all of you for tuning into the last two hours with me here on Bite Size. A reminder... Download the NSN app, Google Play Store, App Store. If you uh, enjoy our programming, fjbunity.org, and show us how much you enjoy that programming. And uh, Avrami's live lunch is coming to you in uh, as soon as he kicks me off, so I will let him do that, do those pleasures. But for now, everyone, have a great day, and I'd like to remind you that the bite size is the right size. <laughs>